Welcome back to the Coffee Break Bible Study Podcast. This is episode four. Today we're going to actually be doing something a little bit different. We looked at different topics the last couple episodes, kind of getting us ready. And today we're really going to dive into the text. Today we're going to look at the Gospels. We're going to begin with Matthew and how wonderful it is in Matthew chapter one as we begin to study. And yet, a lot of times what happens when we first open to the New Testament, we open to the book of Matthew chapter 1 and we see that first verse is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then down through verse 17, we have this long list of names, the first genealogy. And genealogies often get and are sometimes get this burdensome and uninteresting connotation to them or or how they're looked at they people skip over them and they say well why am i going to read this this is just boring it's just a bunch of names why is this important well it is very important it is extremely important when we start to speak of christ and genealogies are are often used to show that line lineage uh, you go back to the book of genesis we have that lineage from Ab- from Adam all the way down to to Noah, showing us how long people were, where Noah came from. And then we have the ones from Abraham going down to Joseph. We have the ones that in showing from Moses and all these different genealogies. There's a meaning behind them. Yet, for us, there's two different types of genealogies that we're going to talk of today. And we see them here both in the Gospels. Uh, Matthew shows us one example and Luke shows us the other one. The first is a descending genealogy. It goes from Abraham to David to Christ, as we see here in in Matthew chapter 1. In in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, in the following verses, we see an ascending generation. Or genealogy, meaning we go from Christ to David to Abraham. Now, you, we if we study this genealogy, we see we start to see names that that jump out at us. We see Abraham; he begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judas, and his brethren. And we keep continue on in this, and it's interesting. We get down to verse five, and we start to read. It says in Solomon. We got Boaz of Rahab. Oh, that's interesting because Rahab was the the woman that was at Jericho in Joshua's time that that let the the thread down from the red thread down from her her window so that she would be saved. And she's a Gentile. Here she is within Christ's genealogy. And we continue to read there. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth. Ruth. We have a whole book at, uh, concerning the life of Ruth. What was going on with Ruth and Boaz. And yet here she is, another Gentile, being mentioned in the, the genealogy of Christ. And it's interesting that this also shows the fulfillment of the promises to Abraham. We go back to, to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1-3, through 3, and we see these three promises that his seed would be blessed and from his seed, the whole world would be blessed. Here we are with Christ coming into the world. We see that Abraham 
would be the father of a great nation, and he was. And we see that nation flourish through the book of Genesis and Exodus and, and into Joshua and that nation that grows under David. There's that nation that was promised to Abraham. And also we know that through Joshua that the land promised the land would be given to his seed. And here's Joshua going in and, and taking that land and procuring it or taking it by force, by fighting for it, owning that land. David going in and using that land and, and growing that kingdom. And there's that great nation that was to come. Yet there's Gentiles in the genealogy of Christ. And for us, we look at this this genealogy, and it's in verse 17 there, it really breaks it down for us. It says, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. So we kind of get a, a time frame here from the time of, of Abraham down to David, to that great king. And then the next one from David to the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. So then we have that other time frame that we see from the time of David and his kingship. We have Solomon there until they are carried away into captivity. Then that third generation there, it says in 14 generations are from the carrying away into Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. So then we have another time frame given to us from when they went into captivity all the way until the time of Christ. Fourteen generations in, in three groups. How wonderful that is. Yet, that's, we continue to look at our study, and we're not going to go into detail today about all these names and what significance they were, but... I encourage you to sit down and look at these names and go back to the Old Testament and, and say, look at what is there. Look at what we have before us. Uh, I'm reminded of a passage in, in Romans. If you turn over to Romans chapter 15 uh, with me in verse 4, it says, for, what sort of for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Paul there saying, look, we look back because we have comfort in the scriptures and, and that genealogy just proves it for us, showing how Christ came to be, his lineage, which was also important to the Jews because now they knew where he came from, where tribe he was from, what lineage he was from. He goes all the way back to Abraham here in Matthew and how wonderful that is. Yet, then we get to the to verse 18 of our text in chapter 1. And yet here, again, we often look at this chapter and we, we skip that genealogy and we go right to verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph and Mary were engaged. They were preparing to be married. This shows us that Mary had not been with Joseph. They had not consummated that marriage yet. They were just engaged. Yet it was still legally binding for them. Joseph, finding out that she's with child, could put her away, could ask for a bill of divorcement, could make a public example of her. 
that is very possible right now for for Joseph as we look at verse 18 to take place in verse 19. He's wondering what to do. Yet, turn with me very quickly. In, in the gospel accounts, this is very interesting because they are in sync and they, they do give, one may give some information, another one gives other information. And if we turn over uh, to Luke chapter 1, and we start to look at verse 35, we see that this is not Mary and Joseph. It says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And this was God coming in. This was God acting on it. The Holy Ghost was there. This angel, this messenger, telling them what was going on, what was happening. So Mary knows these things. And it looks like from, from Joseph, and now we're kind of getting Joseph's point of view of what has transpired here in Matthew. He's getting filled in. The Holy Spirit is involved. Uh, we'll see here in just a moment. This is also going to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah that this was going to take place. And here it is. Verse 19 says, And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. This Joseph right now, he's kind of going, What could I do? What This has happened. My, my wife that I'm engaged to is with child. What am I going to do? What can I do? about this issue. Do I put her away publicly? Do I make a public example of her? Or do I put her away privately and handle this internally? And while he's thinking on these things, verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph, don't do anything, because this is what God had in plan. While he's thinking on these things, this, this messenger comes and says, Joseph, this is what has taken place. This is why Mary has been conceived. This is not of earthly doing. This is of a heavenly doing. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is involved in this. God is involved in this. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Interesting. If we go back to the root there, the word Jesus, it literally means Jehovah saved. It could be translated Joshua. And that's exactly what Christ was sent to do, to save. It was God saving Jesus. And the next part of that verse gives us that information. It says, For he shall save his people from their sins. He has a mission. He is coming to save. So now all this was done in verse 22, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, and here we go back to Isaiah, looking toward him, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which, being interpreted, is God with us. Then Joseph raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, 
and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Very interesting there in verse 25. Here we have Joseph. He understands what is going on. He, he's been told by this angel and this messenger that, that this child that Mary is conceived with is of the Holy Ghost, is of God. His name will be Jesus. It means Emmanuel. God with us. He's coming to save. This is the Messiah. The one that the people were looking forward to. And here it is laid out before Joseph. And interesting, Joseph didn't hesitate. He didn't ask why. He didn't ask what had happened. He didn't ask for details. It was all given to him. In verse 24, he arose uh, from sleep. And he did what that angel of the Lord told him to do. He didn't question it. He did it. Interesting, verse 25, he did not know. Uh, he knew and knew not her until she had brought forth her first, firstborn son. Keep in mind, Mary and Joseph will go on to have more children. They're, they will have brothers and, and sisters to Christ. Yet, at the time, he did not know her. He's still caring for her. He took him, her as his wife. Yet, he did not know her biblically. They did not have conceived more children until after Jesus was born. It's very interesting as we look at that. Yet, as we stop there in chapter 1, how interesting this first chapter is of the gospel account according to Matthew. How we have that genealogy that shows us where Christ has come from. We have the birth of Christ now being put into place. And then we get into chapter 2 of our next, in our next episode as we start to study when Christ was born, how he was born, the people that come and see him, and, and the, the magi, magistrate that come in and see him, or the magicians, or, and the wise men that, that some say that come to see him and, and pay homage to him and, and what takes place with that. But we will stop there. Thank you for listening to uh, this episode of the Copy Break Bible Study Podcast. Uh, make sure to check us out on our, on our next episode, Chapter 2 with Matthew. Matthew, And also make sure to check out us on, on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page, the Coffee Break, uh, Bible, the Coffee Break Bible Study Podcast. We do have a page, so make sure to check that out. We'll be posting up things on our upcoming episodes and what to look forward to. Uh, if you have any questions, make sure to post them in the comments. And until next time, next time, remember Second uh, Timothy chapter two and verse fifteen to keep studying, to show ourselves approved unto God, to search the Scriptures daily as those that did that in Berea. And make sure that we're con continually studying God's Word, that we're hiding it in our hearts. How wonderful that is. Thank you and until next time.